This is a Propensity to Talk Density, a podcast from the experts at Bell Geospace. Hello and welcome to another podcast in the Bell Geospace series of a Propensity to Talk Density. We've got a bit of a different show lined up today, um, which was inspired when James, a student from Birmingham University, got in touch. Um, He'd seen the BBC footage about our geophysical survey going on in Cornwall um, and got in touch. He was actually looking for an internship as well as advice getting into industry. Um, We've not set up an internship program at Bell Geo yet. We think these things need to be really well structured and well thought out to give the maximum value to the student but we're always looking um, for ways to support um, to support academia and students and anyone looking to get into our field so James thank you so much for writing into Belgio please um, and being part of today's show can you introduce yourself um, where you're from what you're studying yeah hi everyone uh, my name is James uh, I'm a third year uh, undergrad geology student at the University of Birmingham uh, and I come from uh, a town called Royal Wharton Bassett which is in North Wiltshire very good. Thanks. Well, thanks so much. James had so many, um, so much passion and interesting questions. So we thought that those questions might reflect those of other students as well. So that's why we've put together this show. And to answer um, James's questions today is Liam Clark. Liam is an experienced field geologist with over five years, probably well over five years of working in subsurface and six years uh, geological investigations. He's got two master's degrees, one from the University of Durham and another from the University of Ulu. Am I saying that correctly? Ulu, yeah, yeah, close enough. (laughs) And he's uh, specialised in geochemistry, field mapping and 3D modelling. So with that, um, I will step out and hand the floor over to James and Liam. So uh, as um, a student, we have so much um, of a broad perspective on geology and we are trying to sort of figure out um what to do with ourselves you know coming out of third year so since there's so much a geologist can do can you please just tell me what your role at bell geospace is yeah so uh i i know the feeling of uh that when you're fe- when you're leaving university and you're 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 about to finish it's always the hardest point where you're like actually i know a lot but what I ju- what what exactly do i have to do I, yeah I know, I know that feeling really well um so my role at belgio is uh, basically data uh, qc so i we get sent a lot of data in and we qc it before it goes through to interpretation but i also do a lot of um uh, uh planning of surveys so the airplane that we have uh, flies around and we have to plan the survey of which of of the uh, area that it's going to survey so uh, a lot of my daily uh, routine is is set up to uh, follow uh, to create survey plans for the airplane to fly and and collect the data of where of where it's going to be so first of all we start at the start when the client comes to us and they say we want to collect data in a certain area and then we look at the area that they want to uh, survey and also the um, minerals or or, or, um, uh, commodities that they want to look at and we design a survey or I design a survey around what it is that the client is looking for and once we start the survey I look at the data every day and see how good the data is whether it's meeting the specifications set by us and the client and then um, we then compile the data together and we send it over for, for processing. And we're involved a little bit in processing. And then when it comes to data presentation, we we, we have input on sort of the, um, 
the geology side and the commodities side as well. So we can look at the data and see what see what the subsurface looks like. So I revolved mainly in the uh, in in the survey planning, but there's a there's little bits all over. Especially in our company, we get to do a little bit of everything all over the all over the company. So we see we see all all sides of the data acquisition and interpretation. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, it's always been one of my favourite sides of geology. Just the fact that you're always so hands on. Uh, you you get to see so much of the industry um and it was from my limited experience you know a geologist gets to see many roles uh yeah despite being one title yeah there's a, there's always that that side of geology when you because you're you're always interested in the geology so when when you your data uh, you're you're planning the surveys you're you're always looking around and you've done some reading about the area or maybe you know something about the geology of the area and you're expecting certain things so you're you're setting up the survey plan in a certain way and then when you eventually get to talk to the clients who are on the on the ground they're maybe probably in the mine or they're, they're doing oil and gas exploration they've always got an input they always know something about the area or they know someone who's a an experienced geologist of the area so you're coming in rather new you've got an idea of what the geology is of this certain this certain place and then they come and say oh yeah we we talked to this 60 year old geologist who's been there since the 1940s and you're like oh nice and then you learn a bit a little bit more and then eventually when the data comes through and the data starts to match up with what you've been talking about all this time it's it's quite uh yeah it's special when you start to see the the certain geology we we found we saw like a, a someone called it like a, a bean or something and then we found out that this like gravity low matched up with something that was really important in the area and we're all getting very excited so it's it's a it's nice to see the full workflow from start to finish especially when you start meeting the clients at the start and you start to get excited about the project it's really good oh that's that sounds fantastic and anyone who is uh at university i'm sure would be loving to do something like that just yeah, it's, yeah. It's, rather, it's, it's a special role. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for students, sometimes it is hard to figure out how to break into the industry. Uh, and so I was wondering, what was your way into the industry? What was your time at university like? Yeah, so I started off in Durham and uh, I got to the I, I was doing an undergrad master's so it's a four-year course. So I did a one-year undergrad master's and then graduated after doing the four years. So are you doing a master's after this? Uh, yes. Well, um, all things go well. I'm planning to go <laughs> to Hamborn. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So I finished. I finished off the the four years masters and then got a. Uh, we did some uh, a data analysis for oil and gas projects down in London, and then. Um, from there, I, I only stayed there six months. I wasn't the biggest fan of living in London. So I moved up north into Edinburgh and got an exploration on the field, in, in the field with a small company up here in Edinburgh. Uh, I did that for a few years um, and then moved over to Finland. I, I think I needed to, I, so I did an undergrad master's, but it's in geoscience. So it wasn't so um, uh, focused. It was sort of a general, more academic sort of masters, and then moved over to Finland to do a second masters in in economic geology, and that's where I really started to figure out what it is that I was interested in. Uh, the Finnish model, they sort of have this idea that you, uh, during your uh, degree, every summer you get a summer job and you work, similar to what we do in the UK with the internships, and in summer you you sort of semi-work for a company but in Finland it's much more hands-on and you sort of join the company as an exploration geologist as a junior exploration geologist while doing your 
your degree and then slowly move up the company while you're uh, while you're doing your degree. So once I got into the field, it started to become much more obvious exactly what I wanted to do. And there's a lot of things that I found that those two passions that I, I thought I really was interested in. One was exploration in general. I really thought that I could use my sort of knowledge and talents towards the exploration uh, side of things. But also I'm really interested in obviously promoting green uh, green industry. So it's like we can't get away from mining and oil and gas exploration, but we also need people within the industry who have a, a more greener mindset. We, we want to push forward sort of the technology that is green and that we can. Um, I thought that I have already some experience in exploration so why don't i use this idea of merging the two and bring them both together to sort of like push forward so we can make exploration in general because i don't really know much about <laughs> any other areas but exploration and more environmentally friendly exploration so this is when i started looking towards uh, like uh, the belgio when they they're talking about their uh higher um higher uh uh the the imaging soft the imaging uh, data is is much more high resolution compared to other uh, gravity exploration so it started to things started to click together oh that's brilliant so yeah it's just sort of you know once you're getting into industry and you you sort of learn your your trade and you start figuring out your way through and also finland seemed to have it nailed doing internships every <laughs> summer i mean that would be brilliant yeah. <laughs> yeah it would be much better if we did it here It'd be really really good i think i think the advice that i have for when you're trying to break into the into the industry is 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 very similar to what you do it's just sort of like um it sounds really cliche i've been thinking about this ever since i saw some of the questions that you sent through like how what is it that i did that was to get through into this role and there's nothing particular that i did i just had a lot of passion and sort of like just kept trying really it was it was really important to like know ex inside like what it is that you're intending to do so like you have an interest in i don't know like uh, oil and gas exploration or you're interested in being in the field or mapping or you enjoy like academic work like it's those things that you need to focus on and just make sure you keep that in mind when you're doing sort of like you come into the end of your degree and you know that you're about to enter the world of, of working but so it's important to keep keep those things in mind when you're doing your applications and uh, I know it's really difficult because like a lot of people just like scattergun approach just I need a job must get a job when I leave university and we'll, we'll do something or I'll take a year out or something but it's really important like even though you're still applying for places that you want to go for keep in mind of what you can bring to the company that is a little bit different when you're thinking about uh, how you want to improve what your impact on the industry you want to you want to or you want to give or want to do when you're there yeah i think definitely reaching out is and showing and sharing your passion and you know trying to yeah. you know trying to impress that upon upon people is really important as well uh just it's it's not a huge industry uh and no you know, people seem to know each other especially as i've found as well and so just reaching out and talking to people honestly is definitely one of the best things i've found so far and it's really good to hear that um that's you know the, the same message being reinforced yeah uh, going going to conferences as well i found is especially when you're a student you get like the student passes to conferences and you get to meet people and walk the floor and see some of the talks i found those to be quite interesting as well especially going as a student and then going later as an industry professional the, the differences between going as a student and going as an industry professional are not 
that different, but you also start to meet those small circles of people that you you, you see them at one conference. You're like, ah, I, I remember you. Did you see my CV last time? That was really, <laughs> I've been reading something and then you get chatting again. And yeah, it's a really good way to in, meet people and get into the industry that way. It's really good. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Um, so moving on to the next question, uh, for you, what does it mean to be part of a company that worked in exploration? Uh, what does a geoscientist working day look like with Bell Geo? Um, so it depends on the day, really. We we have a full workflow from start to finish for the uh, data acquisition uh, through to data processing to through to uh, delivery. So there's many different parts of the project. Uh, so before the project starts, there's always this uh, iterative sort of back and forth between us and the clients. They, they've we we've uh, maybe not submitted the proposal yet or the proposal is to be submitted so we have to design our survey plan to meet their specifications but also to make sure that we design it in such a way that we can get collect the best data for what it is that we are searching for so obviously the the, the people who are the professionals we, we do this every day so sometimes we meet uh, the different clients who've got this idea of how the survey should be so we have to advise them on what we think and then come to a compromise of probably what is the best survey for for what they're trying to find so at that part of the uh, uh the process for it's a bit more iterative so we're sending back and forth emails and talking to to different people and then when you get into the core of the actual data acquisition where we have a lot of communication oh i have a lot of my part my role is the qc so i get to see the data every single day so i get to talk to the different field that we've got people in the field who run the airplane and the equipment so i'm talking to them every day and finding out the weather and um, where they're going to fly and what the, uh, at the, the the situation on the ground is so that we can work together to get the most data possible within the time frame that we've got. And then it comes to the end and you're sort of bringing everything together. So you've got all these giant data sets and we're bringing them all into sort of like a, um, a, a readable format and then bring them so they can be sent over to processing. And then uh, there's a whole different side to it where you start to look at data and maps and start to image things out and starting to compare them against what we already know and what, what we think is going to be there so so it's really quite a dynamic role in that we start on one side looking at doing one thing which is planning and then we go through to sort of data qc and then through into a different different role of interpretation so we, we it really depends on where we are in the survey but there's always something new every single day sort of like oh what are we going to do today oh it's going to be Australia today. We're going to start doing a survey plan over there. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> can we go? <laughs> <laughs> Something that can definitely take you everywhere. Um, yeah, you've got yeah. new every day. So how would you take all this data then and translate it into something that the client would understand? Because I'm sure it's overwhelming, <laughs> uh, even for a geologist sometimes, to you know break it down and really interpret it. So yeah, how, how do you yeah. convey what you want to tell the clients it's 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 a bit uh tricky luckily we've got a few very good geologists uh on our team some some of the head geologists like colm is pretty pretty good at his explanation he's been doing it many years so we we the data like presentations always seem to go really well when uh, some of our head geologists get involved and okay yeah, that's that's how it all is um but like, a couple of the um uh, uh, the clients that we've had, I've run some workshops on how the uh, data should look and what the data sets mean. So that uh, when we present the maps, obviously our 
uh, FTG is full tensor uh, gra full tensor gradeometry. So it's it's not pure gravity data, which is what most people are used to. So the you know the straight up and down, and then the gravity lows and gravity highs. We're looking at the tensor field, so we're we're doing it in three D almost. And it's um, uh, a lot of times when uh, clients they see this, they're like, okay, that sounds great. What's the gravity like? And, it's a bit more there's a bit more to that our, our data sets that we can we can get out so that we can actually show much more detailed subsurface uh uh yeah view of the subsurface and uh we run we sometimes run some workshops so that uh i remember i set out the different uh tensor maps on the on the table and we had all the clients all around and we did a workshop and it's like okay so if we have this gravity low here this is what it looks like in the other tensors and yeah sometimes we we have to really talk through the clients and show them exactly what there is in in the different in, with our with our data sets it's, it's it's kind of fun to be able to come up creative ways to show how our data can be used more creatively we've just uh developed something where we can um view uh the, the surfaces underneath you can see like lineations and uh folds and faulting so and we we can look we can look for like curves under the ground which is which is all new depending on how you uh view the actual uh uh that you can set different color stretches and using the different tensors you can start to see curves under the ground it's it's that there's some really interesting stuff that's that, that we're doing so oh wow that's fantastic i mean i didn't know that much was possible using uh tensor uh, gradientry yeah. that is really impressive yeah yeah neither did i until i joined the company we started talking about different things i was like okay yeah this could we could really use some of these uh, these tools really creatively so yeah so in uh in university we do get taught a bit about gravity data uh but for those who don't know um what sets apart uh tensor gradientry how do you go about mapping in 3d in comparison so, so the uh, the actual data set is split up into uh, different tensor components. So the con the, so you've got like the the general gravity is T Z normally, and then we're we're splitting it up into T Z Z Z. So it's it's the change in gravity in the Z direction. So we can also split the gravity up into the different components in the X Y and Z directions, if that makes sense. So we're we're looking not only at gravity up and down, but we're sort of looking at the different uh, orientations of gravity, and then and then depending on how they their variations within their gravity field are, then we can start to look at the uh, subsurface shapes, features, and and maybe orientations of these different subsurface features. So it's it's using the full gravity field rather than just the up and down sort of traditional gravity. Oh, I see. Right, and that obviously then lends itself into building a, a full three D subsurface map. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. That is fantastic, honestly. <laughs> I, I had no idea something like that was possible until uh, yeah. we <laughs> Belgio, and I was like, I had, I had to call in, I had to see what this was all about. <laughs> we, we, um, <laughs> we, uh, we, we, I remember the first time I looked at the, uh, sort of, we got introduced to the actual system, and I I might be speaking off the top of my head here, but I think there's, there's like, there's not many systems, okay, I don't know actually, uh, but there's not many systems in the world. And they, they originally used something, they were developed by the USA for submarines, I think, for detecting where they were in relation to the uh, the bottom of the ocean. But then they found that when they actually developed them, whoever it was, that they were far too sensitive for what they wanted to do. 
something like that anyway so then we found that we could use these these sort of like uh, sensors these accelerometers that were in the sensor to, to to measure the subsurface gravity and it's all sort of exploded from there so it's really exciting to see something so so uh you know gravity data has been used for decades and then seeing it used in such a new and creative way is it's really interesting i like it yeah oh that does sound amazing yeah. um so i mean what attracted you to exploration over any other aspect of geology although it sounds like we've already started to touch upon it you know <laughs> how creative lgo is yeah so exploration in general, uh, I was really interested in to get into the field. So one of my favorite things with at university was always being in the field. So I, I loved going into the field and seeing different areas that you wouldn't normally go to. So my dissertation, we went to Canada and during my time in Canada, we went to Newfoundland and we mapped the rocks out in Newfoundland and uh, there was like a hurricane and we got lost and you know, it was really exciting. And then we then I did time in Mexico and China, so loads of different places all around the world. And once I found that uh, I, went, I went to Finland and did work in Finland and then moved back to uh, Edinburgh that, to, to join Belgeospace. Belgeospace do so many different projects all around the world that there's possibilities to do so many different things and to go and do many different conferences all around the world or places. So I really am interested in just traveling and seeing different things and being places where it's not normal for people to go to. So yeah, that, that's really what attracted me to exploration in general. I, I think it's, you get to see different places and different people and different things. And yeah, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. The, uh, just, just getting outdoors, getting out and being able to go places is I think the, a really huge appeal for people uh going into a site what about you what's what's your why how come you've chosen to do geology um well initially it started um in secondary school um i had a very very good geography teacher uh and we went on a trip to iceland and uh oh, nice. i still have a piece of uh basalt from iceland and i think that's probably where the fascination started and yeah, then uh, it just became a, a logical progression of I like geography, but I want to do something that's a bit more physical and you know, I enjoy that side more of it. So I, I sort of transitioned into geology and then um, uh, it was having received a talk in second year that I really found that my passion lay in exploration and mining and, you know, provi providing uh, elements for the green future sort of thing, that, that sort of yeah. side so, of things. It sort of escalates from there. <laughs> Yeah, it all sort of just spirals out of control from a, a lump of basalt <laughs> I got when I was 15. <laughs> I think yeah. I have my, my lump of uh, granite somewhere that I got from some exploration trip when I was 10 or something. We went to go to Iceland as well. We had an Iceland trip, which is really I ironic. We, we, we got, there was the uh, volcanic eruption, I think in 2010 or something, something ridiculous that caused a geology field trip to be canceled because of a geological event. So we're all kind of really <laughs> upset. We didn't get to go to Iceland, but we're also really kind of, okay, well, if geology doesn't want us to go study geology, then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fingers crossed my uh, third year trip to Spain doesn't get cancelled. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers uh, crossed. Sedimentary basin analysis is uh, <laughs> at one, so I'm interested to see where that's going to take me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, what a way for a field trip to be cancelled. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's what we said. <laughs> so 
what sort of opportunities does your job provide? I know you touched upon uh, travel and conferences, uh, but also in terms of career progression, because how, um, what's, you know, what's it like being a geologist within the industry? How, what, where can you go in terms of your, your overall final goal? Isn't, isn't it always the question? It's always like, yeah. what, what, what are you going to do? Where, where's it going to go? It's really, it's interesting because every, everyone's, everyone's journey is always different. So there's always new opportunities for every single person. So for me personally, I really start to enjoy presenting and getting involved in conferences. And I found that I like to spread sort of the passion of geology around. So that's sort of where I'm personally aiming to go. But for everyone else, it's always different. You, you find yourself in the industry and then you find your areas that you really enjoy. There might be certain things you like doing. You maybe like project managing over doing pure geological research or maybe you like research over doing, you know, uh, quality control, for, for example. So when, once you get into the industry, you sort of you find your you you call yourself you base yourself and then you start to realize that i always find it there's a way that you always start specializing but you always specialize in things that you're interested in anyway so you keep just following your specialization but always seems to be something that you're really interested in so yeah it's always different for different people oh that's fantastic though you know or you know the idea that you can just basically make what you want of your career and yeah do, i think it's always how you want <laughs> I think it's always important to do that. I think it's it's really important to not only just like have a career, but also to be, you have got to enjoy what you do. So you've got to make sure that you, you keep in mind that you're, you're, you've got to enjoy it every day, so. Yeah, and you know, thanks to people like you wanting to spread the love of geology. I mean, not enough people <laughs> going into it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and more people it's should do it. <laughs> it's definitely a career more people should be doing. and. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe part of my passion is getting out there and just talking to people about rocks and then yeah, talk yeah. career off at least. <laughs> Start a geology podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> For those who don't appreciate mining and exploration, how would you say your job and exploration contributes to green climate targets? For instance, my university... Uh, we used to run a module called Explore, um, called uh, Petroleum Geoscience, and it has since, as of this year, turned into changing, uh, exploring the energy transition um, because numbers in that module are actually going down uh, because of the lack of interest in fossil fuels and in mining. So how is mining still crucial to the green future? <laughs> uh the, the green future is is obviously such a big topic right now there's there's so much talk about because everyone's we've got to reduce the amount of fossil fuels and the you know the, the emissions into the air but also we need to maintain this sort of uh how we what we, how are we going to solve the energy sort of futures things like that so mining is is essentially critical i think to the future of of energy we, we need we need the mining to be able to uh to promote these new technologies that are coming through batteries for example are really important with lithium and then there's the rare earth elements which are all uh, batteries and magnets so any 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 way that we're going to solve the energy uh our, uh energy futures without actually using fossil fuels is going to be almost dependent on the mining sector so mining 
unfortunately, it, it's more in a, a pragmatic way. It's very, it, it's not really going to go away. So the way that I view things is that uh, we need to be able to have mining and oil and gas exploration. Maybe oil and gas is on its way out, but I don't think it's going to go away entirely, not for the near future anyway, that we need people within the industry who have this idea that maybe if you don't, if you can't get rid of it entirely, we need to reduce the impact that we have within our exploration and mining uh, methods that, that we have to reduce the way that we or change the way that we do it so that we can uh, reduce the impact that we have on the earth. So I think that having people coming through uh, from university who have this mindset that, that you say that the, the numbers are dropping in certain uh, research areas because of the view that you like you said that they they just don't want to study it anymore because they see it as as uh it, it's going to be impactful on, on on the environment so i think once once it's shown that the mindset within the industry is actually changing because there's new people coming in and they've got this green greener mindset so they're looking at the industry as as an exploration industry from a different viewpoint so if we've got us within the industry already doing uh like pushing towards this greener way of doing things then it's going to have major impact on the way that the the the, the um uh the emissions are the, are, are put out from this rather than have a really impactful way that we do this we, if we have a green mindset then we can have a less impact on the on, on the exploration industry which i think is the way forward rather than trying to stop it completely we need to have more of a compromise and say that we can do this in a better way that we can promote these greener technologies that will yeah that will uh, uh be better for the environment that kind of thing yeah and so probably the best way is sort of nurturing green mindsets in students and just getting them into the industry and wanting to just improve the industry because as you say it's a necessity to cause this change mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's really important it's really important that we have this sort of almost i i yeah we have this change within the industry that we we are mindful of the impact that we have on the planet but also that in a way that it is necessary but so we need to have this sort of like balance between sort of technological innovations and also the green side of things so that we can make sure that we have the the least impact that we possibly can while still being able to to maintain the progress that we're making that kind of thing yeah yeah no it uh, it was really impressed upon me in that module um about we had to do our own research on uh sort of subsurface exploration and green energy and um we did a lot of fun readings through financial times and i think anyone who is uh questioning mining and things like that if you just read through these articles it's i think it's a really useful exercise in realizing just how useful it still is this industry and how yeah, yeah how beneficial it is to the to the future i really do think. yeah especially with some of the technologies that we have to develop as well with like sort of wind farms with the batteries and and the uh, magnets the the mining industry is so important for for them at the moment and there's so many things within the industry that a lot of people don't think about sort of the the transport of materials or the way that it's found uh, that can be improved upon and having people in the industry who are mindful of this already it, it's it's just big big step forward on, on how how things how things can can progress in the future mm. so 
what has been your most enjoyable project to work on? What um, has been the most rewarding thing for you whilst working with Bell? So uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, when when the pandemic hit, I actually got trapped in India. So I was trapped in India for three months, which was both harrowing and rewarding. So the, there's so many things that happened while we were out there that are so unique and uh, uh, things that wouldn't happen normally that it was a really interesting time. So we we were in a place called Jaipur and we got stuck out there and we were with a bunch of field crew um, and we got to stick together as a group and we were there for three months together. So there was times when we were really uh, worried and then there was times that were really rewarding. We were all, and we came together as a group. So uh, one of the most, yeah, the, it was, uh, it was a, a time that was really interesting. So we, uh, we got to learn a lot about ourselves <laughs> and um, it was really nice to be able to be with the field crew. We got to learn a lot about the, technology while we were out there and we got to see a lot of uh, places around India. Uh, when we finished uh, in India, I got to do a safari around the northern part of, uh, of India. So I had some time off left, so I just booked myself a safari, which was really nice. I was really excited to go see the rhinos for the first, like, for the first time. Like, ah, oh, really excited we can go in a Jeep and find rhinos. And I was expecting it to be really difficult, but we drove through the gate on the first day of the first park that we visited and there was a rhino stood at the gate. <laughs> okay, well, I've done that then. <laughs> I've seen the rhinos. <laughs> Might as well turn around and go home. So it's always this this sort of dichotomy, of, especially like uh, with the pandemic and stuff, you get trapped out in India, which is completely ridiculous. And then you get a month, two months later to go do this amazing sort of like uh, experience in the, in the highlands of, of Northern India. Um, I remember uh, actually on a project while I've been here, we got I got a chance to fly uh, with with the airplane. So we, we the opportunity we could go every day essentially. So you just j j jump with the field crew and then you go fly with the field crew. And there's so many times that you're flying around and uh, our survey height is only 80 meters normally. So you're flying over really low 80 meters in this old World War II aircraft essentially. And it's yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like a World War II aircraft. It's got new wings and everything. So, and then you're flying, you're flying over, but you can see like elephants and gazelles or whatever it is in that's in India. And then you're really low, and you're seeing villages that you've never seen before. But then you can transport the aircraft between the different survey areas. So you fly really high, thirty-five thousand, whatever it is. I, I can't remember the actual height. And then you fly over. So uh, we were in the north of India, flying over the top of the mountains, and they extended into the distance towards the Himalayas or whatever it is in the north of India and it was really nice to to f fly over just all this sort of like majesty of the green uh, mountains into yeah, it was really it's really important yeah it's really nice that, that sounds amazing and well yeah. it has me sold on the industry at least you know <laughs> <laughs> it sure beats what I did the time, it? <laughs> yeah yeah no I was um, stuck in my room uh doing second year projects and uh, virtual field trips <laughs> oh, no virtual field trips oh yeah <laughs> yeah made the best of a bad situation i guess but, uh, I, I didn't realize how connected everyone had become to their to their computers i got back to the uk and I, i'd missed two months of the pandemic and i was like, okay i can't wait to see everyone and everyone's like let's do zoom and I'm like, okay <laughs> Is that like Skype? <laughs> yes, we still get Zoom options even today. So I, 
do you want to go to lectures or do you want to zoom it depends how tired <laughs> i suppose <laughs> but no it's a really changed the way we study and well just do anything in general actually i can imagine i can imagine the study is completely different to what it used to be <laughs> hopefully it, back to yeah. lectures yeah thankfully uh i have been able to go to lectures all of this year nothing stopped me so far no that, that sounds incredible i mean who wouldn't want to be going on a safari in india and yeah, yeah. <laughs> flying around at 80 meters meters as well yeah. i mean yeah that that we is went, we went for a conference in um we went for a conference in south africa and uh on the last day before we flew home we climbed up the table mountain and it's uh, okay yeah, i think i know why i am i do this job <laughs> this is <pretty> good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness sign me up i'm gonna go there <laughs> <laughs> um so the last thing i really want to ask is having got to where you are now what is the one piece of advice you'd give to an aspiring geologist in my shoes just looking to get into the industry looking to find their passion within geology yeah uh, it's definitely the hardest question uh, on here because it's going to be so different for everyone everybody that i think it it's going to have to be the cliches which is just be enthusiastic and be mindful of what it is that you want to bring to each company that you're going to. Um, uh, yeah, know what it is that you want to do or try to have an idea. You don't have to be so specific, but really, yeah, be passionate towards what you want to do and have an idea of what it is that you want to bring to the industry. I think are the two main things that I would say. That and get some internships. <laughs> go, yeah. go, go, yeah. go work in the field. <laughs> I, I started <laughs> off in the field doing mapping, so and I found that incredible. I found it a really good way to jump into the industry personally. So I, I was in Finland doing mapping of gold, gold sites on, on in Sedankida. So I, I found I think if you can get that, do that. <laughs> but that's only from me. <laughs> right, no, definitely throw yourself into the field. Just find out what it is you like about yeah. it and. Just yeah, yeah, be prepared to travel. Just, just, just send send your CV to all the exploration companies around Europe and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, any, anywhere I don't mind where I go as long as I'm out there. I'm yeah, having a great yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring the bring the great because uh, I found I found that the UK had really good um, the way that you set up the notebooks was really good compared to the international students so bring that around the world because I, I enjoyed i enjoyed sending showing notebooks on it. <laughs> oh brilliant well yeah make sure everyone make sure you've got good uh field notebooks make sure you're doing <laughs> well because they're gonna love it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. thank you for your time liam um this has been yeah. really really informative and uh, yeah, you too. I've, got, I've certainly got lots out of it um i hope everyone listening does as well uh yeah. and, if you don't mind, if I can have a go in the plane at any time. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> next, next time it's in the country, just yeah, just come across. We'll we'll get you in it. <laughs> hey, brilliant! <laughs> well, thank oh, thank cool. you, James. It was really yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having yeah. me. No, not a problem. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Well, thank you so much to James um, for getting in touch with Bell Geospace and for all the passion. I think one thing that uh, James and Liam clearly share is a huge passion for what they're doing and what they're going to be in the future. And it's one of the reasons we really wanted to connect um, these two personalities in particular. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of the show. Um, and please tune in again. We'll be spotlighting more guests and 
members of staff and geoscientists across the business over 2022 and beyond. That's Bell Geospace and Friends of Digital Density, checking out for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.